Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the president of the Eric Beisel Fan Club, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also with us, former Mizzou outside linebacker coach, Brian Goers. Nice to be here. Sorry to hear about the job, Brian. Yeah. yeah. I guess another Brian took that mantle. That's right. <laughs> little little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, guys, it's kind of an exciting night, even though it is about as far from college football season as you could possibly be. We've got an action-packed show tonight. Yeah, sure do. We're, uh, of course, it was National Signing Day this week, and Missouri's recruiting class is complete. And unexpectedly, we have something amazing to talk about. It is, in fact, a Mizzou Tigers basketball victory. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. Missouri beats Arkansas again. And, I mean, the the whole rally for Ryan thing, it, it, it was great. Yeah, I mean, sure. And the yeah. fact that that's they actually won on that night, oh, my God. Yeah. It was a storybook. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, uh, But let's hold, let's hold off on basketball talk because we are uh, apparently a football program. And as it was National Signing Day this week, uh, we should talk about the recruiting class for the Missouri Football Tigers. So, Missouri added, if I'm correct, 25 new players to their roster this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good, some bad. We weren't a outstanding ranked squad. And we never listen, are. No, if we you never look, are. But if you listen to any of the SEC media, we were. A, it was a complete disaster of a recruiting class. Sure, sure. And um, but, though every season, everything we do is a complete disaster before the season starts. Right. Yeah. That's just until our, we start winning games. That's their default setting for us. <laughs> sure. But uh, you know. I think, and, and late in the recruiting process, we lost a couple of wide receiver recruits that had been on the, you know, had committed a long, long time ago, one to Notre Dame and one to Ohio State, and people were pretty bummed out about that. But then we picked up some late JUCO commits, and things looked brighter. Uh, overall, what are your thoughts on how this recruiting class turned out for 2017? Well, I think the positives, like you said, are the JUCO transfers. We got a couple of, for their position, top 10 JUCO transfers, which is a good thing. I mean, they come in and they can make an impact right away, whereas a freshman you know, struggles with that. But on the... Yeah, the Bill Schneiders of the world live off of JUCO transfers. Mm-hmm. It yeah. works for them. It works yeah. for Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Has worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think those were good. And I think I have thought that a lot of people talk about recruiting rankings, especially in the world of rivals, stars, and, mm-hmm. and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that does make a difference if you're an LSU or an Alabama where you're in the hunt for a top five in the nation recruiting class. But I think if you are a Missouri and you're sort of, let's face it right now, a middling program, 
whether you're ranked 25th in the country or 50th in the country, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I think if you're filling holes I don't and think plugging that, gaps where you need it, that's many, far more important. I don't think the quote-unquote experts could tell you the difference because I think when it comes to recruiting at this level, high school level that is, it's everybody – can say to a certainty who the five star recruits are, but guess. after that, it it's is just, it's a, just a fucking complete guess. Yeah. It's like two stars, three stars. I don't know. Let's well, throw a dart at the board and see yeah. what we think. Ask, ask Texas how they're doing after all those number one, number or Tennessee, two, right? Rank Tennessee, classes. Yeah. Tennessee, <laughs> and they're awesome, awesome recruiting classes. Well, let's be well, honest. To be fair, though, okay, Tennessee. Let's not has be been, fair to Tennessee. Tennessee let's just has been get rid of that right now. has been getting all these players with five star, five hearts. star hearts. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. So she said that's why I'm confused. Like everybody uh, in the SEC last year was telling me, you know, boy, we got a bunch of high star recruits on Tennessee. Uh-huh. They really got a lot of talent. They're going to go to the top. They weren't just finishing the sentence and telling me that they were five star heart recruits. Right. I just assumed they were good athletes. And that's remember, right. they won the championship of life. Of life. That's yes. right. Yes. You know what they say about football? Five star heart, champion of life, can't lose. Yeah. Can't lose. Yeah. It's TJMO's. Motto. Yeah. The, yeah. I, uh, Brian showed us before we uh, went on the air here a little thing about a Tennessee fan absolutely going fucking ballistic and losing their shit about Butch Jones and his little, his little uh, life, his life coach quotes and stuff uh, <laughs> that keep on coming. And uh, it's a, nice to see them falling apart at the seams. They mm-hmm. want a football coach, not a guidance counselor. Well, good luck because you've got a guidance school, counselor. High school guidance counselor. At that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, him, he and Hugh Freeze have suddenly started to really come to center with one another. You're like, that's... Uh, yeah. The, and, you know, you freeze, don't hear nearly as much about him. And you talk about Missouri's recruiting class not being the tops. Oh, man. Ole Miss has fallen off fast. And a lot of that has to do, of course, with the sanctions we've been predicting for mm, close to a year. Yeah. And uh, still don't know when those are coming out, but everybody's expecting them to they're be coming. nasty. Yeah. Oh, they're coming. Well, one thing, and this gets at the big butt of this recruiting class, is Ole Miss did snag the top Missouri recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, who was was considering Missouri, mm-hmm. and he would have been our our top recruit. But as a result, Missouri only had one recruit from the state, mm-hmm. and that is concerning. If you can't lock down your own state, it's... well, I mean, you're talking about locking down the state, and I hear you. But if you look nationwide, it's not like a bunch of recruits from Missouri got away. I think that Missouri had a pretty weak, True. as a state, had a pretty weak basket of. Recruits to draw from, yeah. from. and uh, all the talk is that next year that could change dramatically, and that there's a a handful of four or five star recruits coming out of Missouri next year, and that Barry Odom's staff is knocking on their door pretty fiercely because he doesn't want this to become a pattern where Missouri sure. kids don't yeah, go. Missouri no one wants that. Be. The other thing that was talking about states is I think we had five Texas kids again this year. You know, mm-hmm. and we kind of quit recruiting Texas as hard when we went to the SEC. It looks like Barry Odom, the Oklahoma guy. I've never really understood that. You know, it was something they talked about when we switched the SEC a lot. Well, you we can't recruit Texas anymore, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And Like, why? Why can't yeah. you do that? Yeah, I think you can. Like, we it's got a guy out of, like, Michigan or someplace. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Arizona and yeah, places. Like, like we, several places, like, up north, I'm like, I don't understand why now we're not allowed to recruit outside of the southeastern conferences. I think you, know, you can, f- but it's footprint. Just, it's the allure that you know if you're from if you're a Florida, guess. if you're a Florida kid, Georgia, Alabama, you want to play in the SEC, and so you can leverage well, that to is some in Texas. extent. I guess I've never looked at college sports as like being so conference loyal. You know, I mean, if I was a recruit and I was in Missouri or Arkansas or Arizona or wherever, it would I wouldn't the conference wouldn't play that heavily into it. I mean, yeah. I guess the SEC certainly has some cachet, but it's more like, do I want to play at Mizzou or do I want to play at Oregon? I would just stack these teams up and go, where do I want to go? I've thought about that a lot too, and I think the only theory that I can come up with is that 
if you are a recruit or if you're recruiting a region, it it helps to recruit a region where you're on television all the time. So sure. if you're in a SEC, sure, if you're in an SEC state and your team is on television regularly, that helps. Network. And you know something that plays into it a lot. I think that people discount, especially with recruits that aren't you know five stars. Like, can your parents? conceivably get to the games mm-hmm. easily enough to watch you play. I mean, it does play yeah. into some kids. Or parent. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I think it speaks to, like, I remember, I can't remember which recruit it was, like, last year or two years ago, where the mom, like, literally, like, when her son picked the team. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. She didn't want him to happen happens because, every year. Because it was so far away from her. You know, yeah. it's like... These kids are obviously under a great deal of pressure from family sometimes to stay close to home. Yeah. Well, I, I always wonder because you see, every year there's the, the the mom that's crying about the choice. And I'm like, do you guys not talk before this? I feel like, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, you're going to make your big announcement. You keep but it secret from your, your mom. Tell your mom. <laughs> mom, the, you're going to tweet it if I tell you. There's yeah. that one Florida kid who like came out with a Florida State jersey no, on. They and pulled they, it off. They, they pulled it off. No, it was Florida to no, start no, with. No, it was Florida. Then Florida State. Then Florida State. And then USC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a, that kid, needs, side that kid needs to be kicked in the balls. Yeah, no, we've talked. No, 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 we've, no, 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 no. We've talked about it on Twitter a little bit about how, you know, going after the 18-year-old kids for making choices you don't like for recruiting or changing their commitment late. You know, they're, they're high school kids. I mean, we, yeah. we, don't, we don't tend to cotton to that whenever they're 21. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, high school kids do stupid stuff, whatever. But. That kid's going. He's got a clear lifetime of being a dickhead in front of him. <laughs> Everyone's talking about him. Yeah. Well, you know and that was what he wanted. Must yeah, be honest. That brings up a a good point is we that we uh, as fans we got a little bit of a chastising mm-hmm. throughout this process as we because do annually as you might know if you're listening to the show you probably do a couple of Mizzou recruits got flipped in this last week a mm-hmm. couple of high star local guys and they flipped on us and one's going to Notre Dame now and another going to Ohio, Ohio State. State. And I just uh, keep... sorry, it's the Ohio State. Okay. The crazy thing is, is that um, like people are shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're eighteen-year-old kids. You know, God, oh, if I got the chance oh. to go play for Ohio State versus Missouri at this point, well, fuck are you off, kidding? Brian. I wasn't going to go that far, but you know the, <laughs> the how many the, beers have you had right now, Brian? <laughs> the fact is, is I that lost count. Like this is an eighteen-year-old kid. If you're, if you're. I don't know if you've ever been around teenagers, but they have a tendency to change their mind. Mm-hmm. It's bound to happen. And, of course, there are some knuckleheads out there, and we don't endorse this. Mm-hmm. They, go after, they go after 18-year-olds, and right. that's not... On, on Twitter. That's not cool. But it, what else is not cool is the uh, arbiter of all things, the Mizzou beat writers, going after the fans for being so harsh, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. The, you can count it every year. Don't tweet recruits. Yeah. It's like, okay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> the old press box super friends are there to keep us in line. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. Yeah. 
Always there to be pious yeah. above us all. Yep, they are. Mm-hmm. They float above us all, arbiters of all things. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the actual recruits. <laughs> oh, come on. Can't we talk about the press box? That that we've for longer? <laughs> you know, one of the things that I'm the most interested in with Odom is can he do what Pinkle did? Pinkle never had the five-star superstar recruit. Nope. He had a good, solid three-star recruit that he turned into an NFL prospect. Yeah. So can Odom do the same thing? I, I want to pause on that for a second and address it in, in one way. Missouri had pat itself on the back a lot for developing talent as opposed mm-hmm. to recruiting these five-star things. And I think while that is definitely true, and they've developed a lot of NFL talent, I think some of that is overblown because of this. If you recruit three-star talent and they any of them develop into NFL stars, well, you can pat yourself on the back for being a good talent developer. True. Alabama, who recruits all five stars, they don't talk about developing talent because they are they come in developed, essentially. And so just by virtue of being a program that can't get those five-star recruits, your fallback position is to say how great you are at developing talent because well, that's that's what you have to work with. Yeah, I understand that. But how many years in a row did we have a, a first-round draft pick? It was like we were the, the number one team in the country for having first-round draft picks for year after year for mm-hmm. five or six years. There was some decent amount of time. And not every team that just recruits three-star recruits could say that, you know. I yeah. mean, so there was something about these three-star recruits, or the development, or whatever you want to call it, that was happening at Missouri that that wound up for success. I mean, outside of you know what, our our best recruit ever ended up transferring in semi disgrace after he like shoved his girlfriend's friend down the stairs. So I, you know, Mizzou has made its bread and butter on three-star recruits. Yeah. And Oklahoma has made their bread and butter taking those disgraced players. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's very true. Well, I know they made their bread and butter doing that, but but what I'm saying is that, that we've had to. I mean, it's not... Oh, yeah. It, yeah. You know, if you could ask, would you, would you rather make hay with three-star guys or would you <laughs> sure. rather have a boatload of five-star guys? I think Pinkle would have taken the five-star guys but, all the time. But my point is, is that that success was there. And now the big question will be, can Barry Odom do the same thing with these these types of guys? Because, yeah, we are never getting the five-star recruit. And if we do, it's because he's like a Columbia, Missouri kid. Oh, who knows? Never's a long time. To, mm-hmm. Who wanted to stick around. Yeah. We got, the, we got the occasional Terry Beckner Jr. and the occasional... Well, Drew Locke. Yeah, well, he's a four-star kid. Yeah. Four-star, yeah. Right. And then, uh, of course, our, uh, our disgraced wide receiver. KGB. <laughs> yeah, KGB. <laughs> DGB. Straight out of Russia. <laughs> RG3. Something yeah, like something that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's. I guess let's look at the guys we do have and see the positions that we filled because I think it's it's a, no surprise to anyone. Defense is where we need to help because not only did we have a very very disappointing year on the defense last year, but uh, a lot of the guys who are on defense are gone. Yeah, I think that's his. I mean, it's hard to know anything about these recruits. I mean, they're a bunch of fucking high school kids, and you're relying on rivals, and it's not who are not, uh, good, not, at, not good at their job. But one of the things that is telling about when you're recruiting class is it tells you what the coaches think about their roster. Yes. Where are they trying to fill holes? Who are they trying to, to replace? And it, it, that is, in one way, it is telling us. Like, we're going after defensive backs because mm-hmm. we think our defensive backs are weak. And how they recruit is often telling about what the coaches themselves think about the strength of their roster. Yeah. And Odom was pretty clear with what he thought. I mean, he recruited something like 12 out of the 25 were linemen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And thank goodness. I mean, and I agree with you both. I mean, rather than going through and looking at everybody's, you know, little game film that they show when they circle their head and, and show their little highlight reel, I think that is the most important thing. It's like who, what position did we focus on? Mm -hmm. And when we lost a couple of wide outs, I thought that's not great. But if we had to lose players late in the process, 
wide receivers probably not the yeah, worst. Well, Johnson place. Johnson and Mason and there even Jamon Moore and yeah, I mean that position is not necessarily the cupboard's not bare. So, right, right. And exactly. Because Johnson and Mason in particular will just be sophomores this year. Mm-hmm. So we picked up a quarterback late, which was important because uh, you, you don't usually want to go any season without getting mm-hmm. one quarterback. And a recruit that was flipped from uh, Wake Forest to Mizzou. Mm-hmm. So That's right. while Mizzou fans may have been red-assed at um, these two players flipping on Mizzou, Mizzou, you know, turnabout's fair play, and they took a – of quarterback from Wake Forest. So oh, yeah, they, every every coach does, does that, right? They target yeah, I mean, someone. They say, "Oh, that that kid's already recruited." Mac. Like, well, let's see if we if we could. Get I mean, that's there. that's why it's silly to get mad at these recruits. One, because you shouldn't expect them not to change their mind, and two, because Mizzou's going to do it if they get the chance. Mm-hmm. I just I've never understood. I don't count the players until they're on campus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just never even I don't get upset because I just. I never go, well, that guy committed to us a year and a half ago, so he's mm-hmm. definitely coming to Mizzou. I just never take that position. I'm, they're not real until they're standing in Columbia they on fax, the practice field. Until they fax in the letter. Hold on, guys. We're getting a phone call. You're on the Mazodcast. Hello, this is Eric Beisel's booking agent. <laughs> We've been trying to get a hold of you all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm on my way to, to Vegas to uh, play some under-over bets for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric's Eric's on a roll hot streak right now. So <laughs> yeah, bet. striking why the iron's hot. That's right. This is worldwide text calling. Thanks for joining in for the first episode of the 2017 Mazodcast. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. So, uh, what did you want to talk about? Was it football or was it basketball tonight? Well, I always want to talk about football, but this was a surprising day. I can watch the game. I just saw that I got a text message saying that 13 win losing streak was over. And uh, I was like, we must have played Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Fair enough. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And the uh, the Oracle of Missouri, Eric Beisel, predicted it once again. So, I mean, at this point, does this, hopefully, this doesn't save Kim Anderson's job. I think that's what everyone's hoping and praying yeah not unless this had happened in the national championship game it's the only way i will ever hate eric beisel a division three national championship game or are you talking division one (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah it it was it was a big load off the tiger's shoulders i mean i don't think it does anything to save kim anderson's job but uh beating arkansas is always a blast oh yeah or the season but uh yeah i think it was just a big I don't know, something to root for in a year of nothing to root for. Yeah, exactly. I I guess my my main call and point to it, though, since we all know the inevitable is going to happen, and Mazodcast has wrote ad nauseum about this, is I personally feel that I would like to see us go after the Larry Brown, fix it quick, the scandal in two years, but maybe we make a Final Four. I mean, I, I just want to sell my soul to the devil to, to see a Final Four. I've I've witnessed the Cubs win a World Series now, and the the end could be near with President Trump. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> sure. I just want I want to ha- this to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, Missouri is a team in football, basketball, or whatever where we've come so close, but we can never quite get over the edge. And and yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I'm not well versed on the coaching community enough to say exactly who's. So would you out say there. you're advocating um, Mizzou hire or uh, sign Tony Romo to put us over the hump? <laughs> Um, I'm advocating for the Chiefs to sign Tony Romo. I think we, we talked about that, but I'm advocating for to back the Brinks truck up, pay a bunch to Romar, 
to come over from Washington and whatever money he has given to his godson and his uh, godson's brother to come back to Columbia and, I mean, put put their dad on the coaching staff, whatever, do the Mario Chalmers trick and just get as many five stars for that uh, that 5-5 five, five and, and have the uh, old Miss you know, era around us of we know that we're going to get hit hard with sanctions, but and maybe they'll take the banner away from us later, but that still won't take away the great time that we're going to have at the Final Four type of atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, that's, I can imagine how drunk and high I'd be. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. We're all for oh, it. Brian's in the house. I didn't, I didn't realize. <laughs> that's right. Back from the dead again. Yep. Yeah, uh, congratulations on the vitamin C. Um, you know, keep, keeping your ailments. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, uh, that the doctor so, that I've been well, dating, you know, she's keeping me in line now. <laughs> well, that, that was the only thing. Other than that, you know, our fifty ranks recruiting class. Um, I actually like this class a lot. I, I really think that maybe I've watched too many films uh, of these two and three star recruits, but I, I really like this class, and I, I think. They're they're big. I think we needed the beef in, in on both offensive line and defensive line, and we got that with JUCO recruits, kind of like K State used to do back in the day, to fill needs. And hopefully, a seven eight win season, unless Brian tells us something different. So. <laughs> sure, sure, that's right. Well, thanks for calling uh, in, Tex. Thanks uh, a lot, guys. That's good to hear from Worldwide Tex again. Yep, he's uh, always a. Uh, Fountain of information, both on the phone and on Twitter. We enjoy him very uh-huh. much. Yeah. And I think he echoed a lot of the thoughts we've had about uh, about this recruiting squad and thoughts we're probably going to have about the basketball team. So, Well, let's. are we going to go through the list? Are we going to go through names, positions? Let's do that. I, do we want to go through one by one? I don't know. Do we? I mean, this is kind of show this, prep that we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just. <laughs> well, to be fair, Brendan and I actually I mean, looked to, through to the this list. Point, I don't think Colin has. Well, seen that's Colin. I'm curious. <laughs> the, the, uh, I mean, to this point, all we've done is mention that we had a recruiting class. We haven't said okay. a single thing Let, about it. Let's do it. So there's a guy named Duran Davis who is the sole Missouri recruit. He uh, is listed as an athlete. And, uh, our, and our top recruit. Yeah, and he, he's a three-star, but he's listed as a four-star by some of the pro, uh, the uh, I don't know what are they called. Yeah, he's he's, in the, he's, he's not in ESPN's top three hundred, but he's in a couple other people's top three hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a uh, center in Case Cook, which uh, is a big six-five, two-ninety kid. Nice, nice. Hold yeah, on. Just go through the line really quickly. Okay. We don't have to go into much detail. I mean, we obviously don't know any detail about them. Mm-hmm. But Cook's out of uh, Georgia. Aubrey Miller, who's an outside linebacker from Memphis. Uh, Hiron White, uh, offensive tackle from Texas, one of the Texas kids. Walter Palmore, who was a late pickup, was the Juco kid from Eastern Arizona College. He's a defensive tackle, 6'4", 295. He's out of the University of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. While we didn't get many Missouri players, we got a kid out of Missouri City, Texas, and Terry Petrie, cornerback, 5'11", 180. Pomery Coleman, who is another offensive tackle out of Indianapolis. Nate Anderson, who's from the New Mexico Military Institute, 6'3", 250 pounds, uh, defensive end. Taylor Powell out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Arkansas's backyard is the quarterback we talked about picking up, 6'2", 202, so he's got nice measurables. Logan Christopherson, tight end, 6'5", 216 pounds. That'll be nice. We're loaded at tight end now. Yasir Durant, offensive guard, 6'6", 330. Adam Sparks out of uh, Louisiana, cornerback, six foot. 170. Jamal Brooks, Alabama, inside linebacker. Rashad Brandon, Brooklyn, New York, uh, defensive tackle. 
315 pounds out of high school. Damn. You got Larry Roundtree the third, who is a running back. Uh, and there's, I heard a lot of good talk about him, how he may be uh, getting some reps this year and putting the Ish Witters on notice. Uh, he's 5'11", 204, continuing Barry Odom's streak of getting big backs. Jordan Ulmer, who's safety, 6'1", 185. He's out of uh, the Michigan kid you mentioned. Chris Turner, who's another Louisiana kid, defensive end. He's 225, 6'4". Isaiah Miller out of Florida. He's another uh, all-purpose back. Joshua Bledsoe out of Houston, Texas, another safety. Larry Borum, offensive guard, 6'5", 338. He's out of Michigan. Uh, another Florida kid, Tyree Gillespie, another safety, third safety. Caleb Sampson, defensive tackle. O'Shea Clark, another all-purpose back, 5'8", 150. Kobe Whiteside, defensive tackle, 6'1", 304. So really, you got the quarterback, a couple of running backs, and a tight end, and everybody else is a defender. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, a lot of offensive all, Almost all linemen Yeah, of some but sort uh, for another. skill positions, there's like four or five players out of a total of 25 recruits. So they really went heavy defensively here, and I think uh, our defensive play probably belies why they, they did mm-hmm. that. Uh, well, and not just the defensive play, just the fact that we need warm bodies. A lot of those guys who even played poorly are gone now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, of course, I'm always more of a homer than, say, Brian, but uh, I don't hate this class. I think that they that well, they focus. It's focused... hard to hate a class. I mean, because you really don't know anything yeah. about them. Right? I know. And 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 Colin, I know you've always been a real skeptic of the uh, the star rankings and everything. Yes. And and I mean, and I think on an individual, I totally agree with you. I think overall, if you're loaded with three three stars, you can just say that that's going to be a worse class than one that's loaded with five stars on the whole. On the whole, yes. But uh, but yeah, there there could very well be some stars in this group, and there tend to be, and we have had at Missouri. So I'm overall, I'm as pleased as I could be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing that's lacking from this uh, recruiting class from you know previous classes is there was no Drew Locke in this class. There was no Terry Beckner Jr. There's yeah. no big name splash know, splash player. But uh, yeah, know. yeah, and and but I mean I think on the offensive side of the ball we're set. We're going to be good next year. And and I think part of the reason we get looked down upon here is the, how good the SEC does in recruiting in general. I mean, even though we're in the like f- mid forties or something, and as far as rankings go, and what are we number thirteen in the SEC? Ranked twelve again. 12, this is where 12, 12, 13, thirteen, depending on who you ask. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up for now. Unless uh, you guys have anything to add, because uh, we got a lot to talk about later on. We've got uh, a huge guest, probably our biggest guest we've had so far, Tony Kornheiser from uh, Pardon the Interruption on ESPN. He's going to call in and talk to us a little bit about. And I think you guys are going to be shocked at the volumes and volumes he has to say and the knowledge he has about University of Missouri football program. That really is shocking to me. I didn't know he knew anything about Missouri, <laughs> yeah. but wow. So uh, Kornheiser fans, tune in. This is a big get for us. Until then, oh, Of course, we've got Kansas news, and we're going to talk about basketball. So uh, until then, this is the Mazotcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. The Mazodcast, your source for contagious erectile dysfunction.
Joining the program now, the star of Pardon the Interruption on ESPN and my personal favorite, the Tony Kornheiser Show, which was spent decades on the radio and now is an independent podcast. Tony Kornheiser is joining us. Thank you so much for being here, Tony. I am happy to do this. You're going to ask me questions I don't know the answers to, so go. <laughs> That's right. Well, that first question I have is, have you ever even been to Columbia, Missouri or ever attended a University of Missouri sporting event? I have never been to Columbia, Missouri. Friends of mine, though, um, who did very well in the journalism business, right. are graduates of uh, the graduate program at the University of Missouri. John Walsh, who basically invented Sports Center, has a master's degree in journalism. Lenny Shapiro, who for a million years was one of the key sports writers at the Washington Post, has a master's degree in journalism from the University of Missouri. So I'm very aware of how many great sports writers they have sent out into the world long before Syracuse started claiming that it was the cradle of everybody in the sports business and long before Wilbon even knew that Medill existed uh, at Northwestern uh, the University of Missouri and Columbia University were those schools when I was young that I associated with journalism. Yeah, yeah, sure, and and I know Pat Forty, who's pretty much a regular on your program, is a is a Missouri yeah. man as well. So I um, I th- always thought that's important to uh, get right out in front when you're talking about Mizzou sports is to mention that your guest has no knowledge of the uh, of the topic. So none, but I know that the colors are uh, the football team are black and gold. I know that. I think I'm right on that, right? Black and gold. Yeah, and that's the kind of analysis and insight that uh, that our program brings. That I'm famous for. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember many, many, many years ago when they had they had a center named Steve Stepanovich on the basketball team who was drafted very high, like two or three, and his friends called him Stepo, but everybody in the media referred to him as Stupo. <laughs> for shooting himself in the foot? Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember him. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and that's a, it's a great legacy for the Tigers. But because University of Missouri isn't uh, maybe foremost on your mind at all times, I, I did want to ask you about uh, yourself in particular. Well, I just want to make sure of something. Yeah. Go this ahead. Is a, this podcast has an affiliation with the University of Missouri football team, right? Actually, it has no official affiliation. It's uh, it's uh, it's rogue. Oh yeah, but it, but it often talks about university football. University of Missouri football. Correct, yeah, that's right. Okay, so this reminds me, and I've told this story on the air, but nobody who's listening to this has ever heard it other than you, about the one and only time I spent time with Warren Buffett. Oh. And Warren Buffett was a dear friend of Catherine Graham's, who owned the Washington Post. Right. And, And Warren Buffett was an advisor to Catherine Graham, and Don Graham, who for many years own the Washington Post. And one day I was sitting in the sports editor's office at the Post. The sports editor was George Solomon. And he brought in Warren Buffett. So this is, I would say this is like 1981 or 1982, but no later than that. And I, in my naivete, I didn't know who Warren Buffett was. I had no idea. And it was important to George that I talk with Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett, all he wanted to talk about was Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. And he and Warren Buffett, having grown up both in Washington and in Omaha, and just loved the University of Nebraska football, and he knew all about Bob Devaney, and he knew all about Tom Osborne, and he was asking me question after question after question about how I thought Nebraska was going to do. They were in the Big 8 then. They were not in the Big 10 then. And he could go literally four deep 
on on offensive guards. <laughs> and when we were done, and we were done pretty quickly, and he left, I said, well, who was that guy? Why was he asking me anything? Why would he think I would know about Nebraska football? He knew everything about Nebraska football. And then I was told he was the richest person in the United States of America, and I felt terrible because I had obviously blown my chance to have him make me wealthy just by tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> but he knew everything, and he still does, everything about Nebraska football. So Yeah, well, they... they, they my story. It comes to no point. No, and no, it's... Usually I would have just gone to break when I realized I had no point, but I can't do that on your podcast. It depresses me because they spent years and years beating Missouri uh, soundly, so it just reminds me of, the, of those good old days. Speaking of your podcast, I was going to ask you, you've now, I think it's been five months last September when you, you left Terrestrial Radio and began your own independent venture as a podcast. And five months in, I am curious as a listener – do you have any gauge of whether this was a successful idea or you're heading towards success or it, do you have regrets about no. it? Do you enjoy it? What's, what's the status? I have no regrets about it. I didn't want to drive to Rockville anymore and I don't have to drive to Rockville and my son is working with me and scolds me publicly on the air, which is thrilling for me. <laughs> yes. That even talks to me because most people my age, their children, all they want to do is put them in a home and they don't want to talk to them at all. And he's not even that mad at me that I'm spending a lot of his inheritance on a restaurant in town. Right. Um, I don't know how to gauge if it's successful. I enjoy doing it. We get about, we get close to 150,000 listens on each podcast, which, which is thrilling for me. But I think the only objective measure I could have is am I making more money doing this than doing the radio show? And no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I mean, I left two years of a contract on the table that would have paid much, much more than I would be making now if I were making anything at all, which due to the combination of, of an investment group and my son's natural predatory greed have resulted in whatever money we make, it goes to an LLC in his name. Mm. So I'm doing this for free. Right. Um, but, but it would please me to think that after a couple of years, he would be so wealthy that he would just that it would sort of buy me out or something like that. <laughs> or, or, t- or take but care I, of you. I really, I enjoy doing it. I do. Yeah. I enjoy it very much. Well, would you, do you have any advice for anybody who, like, like ourselves, we have this much smaller scale of a, of a show, but, but uh, other than being a, you know, ha- having a host who's a national television celebrity for gaining an audience and, and becoming comfortable and getting guests or any sort of... I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you do it. In terms of getting guests, I'm going to tell you that guests are overrated. Mm-hmm. And if you surround yourself... If you do it by yourself, you probably have to have guests because it's a great skill to go 40, 50, 60, 80 minutes without anybody there and not take phone calls. And you can't take phone calls on a podcast. So, so you're, you know, that is eliminated for you. I would tell you to surround yourself with people that you like so that the fallback position is always we're having a good time and we're talking here and maybe like-minded people would like to listen to us. But other than that, I mean, I would describe this to you and to anybody else. There's like 15,000 people at the very same time open up a shoeshine stand. Right. And the question is, who's going to go to you? (laughs) How do you make them go to you? I have no idea. I actually have no idea how this happens, but a lot of podcasts appear to be very successful and they're not, and they're not all run by famous people. Right. You know, 
I don't know how. My takeaway from that is, uh, as as you are our most famous guest we've ever had, uh, that guests are not that important. No, <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they're really not, and I'm I'm proof of it. Yeah, I was going to uh, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about is. Um, Do you tell people, by the way, that you're one of the great emailers to our show of all time, <laughs> and we look forward to your emails whenever they come in. I like to think people just know about it. Although I, I will say that I have. have you ever met another little? Oh my gosh, I have met so many people, and it and it really has inf- impacted my life. When when I started at the University of Missouri, I got so many emails from people I'd never met that said, "I'm a little. Are you the Are you the email, Brendan?" And, and I ran a <laughs> I ran a 5K race over Thanksgiving, uh, which was my wife's doing. So don't judge me for that. But as we were running it, someone I had never met, I did not recognize, said, "Hey, Brendan, La Cheeserie." It's, fin- it's great, isn't it? It is, it's but it was, it's, it's a little off putting. The code is wonderful. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, Wilbon was telling me the story that he was in an airport and he was on a people mover, and somebody going the other way on a people mover yelled to him with cheesery, and Wilbon <laughs> said, "Yeah, yeah, how are you?" Because he had no idea what it was, and so he asked me, well, "What should I do?" And I said. Well, you got to give him the finger. And he said, well, why would I do that? And I said, well, that That's is the universal salute of people that listen to the Tony Kornheiser show. And Wilbon, of course, had no sense of this, that someone would yell with cheesery at him. Yeah. None. <laughs> yeah, it's a great indicator of how much he listens as well when he's not on the ever, air himself. Ever, yeah. ever. <laughs> do you worry that it has ruined Steve Sands' life? No, I think it, I think it has improved Steve Sands' life geometrically, <laughs> maybe even exponentially. I think he's thrilled. And this gives Sands a reason to keep going to the gym to work on those arms <laughs> so that when he gets recognized, he can flex for people. Sure. Well, before I let you go, I want to, uh, I want to talk honorary degrees with you because I do have some connections here at Mizzou, and I know that you're an English major. And I was wondering if, if, I, if I were able to talk to the powers that be, would you be interested in a University of Missouri honorary degree? Are you serious? An honorary degree well, from Mizzou? I'm talking out of. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I'm talking out of my ass that a little would be bit. Fabulous. Yeah, but but I do you know, know some people. Well, I found out the other day on our show that Howard Feynman has three of them. Yeah, <laughs> he has three honorary degrees. Doctor, doctor, doctor like, Feynman. Yeah, that seems like too many, right? Yeah. That just seems like too many, too many. Yeah, it's but gilding admire, the lily. I mean, I, yeah, I do admire Missouri. I mean, I, I, I've, as I said, I grew up thinking that that was a great place to go. You know, to get a master's degree in, in journalism, I think they produced a lot of wonderful people. So if I got one, of course, it doesn't mean I would actually go there. Well, see, that's the, that's the, that was the big concern for me. That was the big stipulation that I was concerned about because I, 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 I know the people to talk to, but I can see that being somewhat of some sort of requirement, some sort of song and dance. I leave the grid. I mean, I don't, at the very... As my life, as I get older and older, my life narrows in. Yeah, it narrows in. If you if you took a loss to not go to Rockville, I can't imagine that uh, you know it would take it would take quite a steak dinner <laughs> to get you to Missouri. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Tony, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining us, and and I've been thinking as it, it, it actually is a pleasure. I would say that if I if I didn't mean it, but I'm meaning it in this case. Uh, I really I appreciate it. The show, for so many years, if I could help you at all, I'm happy to do so. Well, I was getting ready for this. I was thinking it's almost been 20 years that I've listened to your program. So, I mean, it's it's it, my entire adult life. So, I do appreciate it. It means a great deal to me. Very good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks, Tony. How about that, guys? Tony Kornheiser. Does he not get. have better things to do with his Apparently day? Not. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the inside. I mean, black and gold, those are the team colors. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. People that's wouldn't the, know that. Hey, that's the kind of hard-hitting news that you just don't see in local Columbia, Missouri. That's nope. right. That's yeah. why you come to the Mazadcast. Yeah, and um, you know, probably a better guest than um, a lot of our peers are getting. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least peer podcasts. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope you all enjoy that, and, and we'll continue to bring top-notch guests. Well. As, maybe Brad Pitt will come on next. There you go. <laughs> Cheryl Crow, I hear she's a Mizzou fan. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's move on from that excitement to another exciting event. It's time for Kansas News. A lot of us are doing three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story of the day. Kansas gun runner sentenced for illegal overseas gun sales. A Kansas man with the moniker gun runner has been sentenced to more than four years in federal prison for illegally selling guns overseas. So it's a Kansas massacre. That's right. <laughs> Michael Andrew Ryan, age 36 in Manhattan, Kansas, was sentenced Monday in federal court in Topeka to four years and four months in prison. Ryan, also known as Brad Jones, pleaded guilty last June to six counts of exporting and attempting to export firearms illegally from the United States. Ryan sold weapons on the so-called dark web a hidden internet marketplace where illegal drugs and other goods can be sold anonymously online. He sold dozens of firearms, including some that had manufacturer serial numbers removed, altered, or obliterated. He had sold magazines and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. His customers were from Ireland, England, Scotland, and Australia. Well, luckily for us, there are none of the countries that are on the banned list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So those guns can come back in the country and we can resell them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, didn't we see a movie about this? Lord of War, right? Dogs of War. Probably based off or Dogs of War, yeah. I was kind of disappointed in his alias, Brad Jones. Yeah, Yeah. it's a little non-creative. Yeah, you get he's a Kansas resident. Like... uh, Phoenix Cobretti. <laughs> would have been better, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, it would have been nice if he'd have gone for the gusto. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. But that's how they get caught, okay? <laughs> this guy Brad, got caught. Brad Jones got caught anyway. Well, yeah. Might as well be Phoenix Cobretti. Woman warns others after walking in on intruder. A Derby, Kansas woman is counting her blessings and thankful her seven-week-old baby is safe. Monday, the pair walked in on a stranger inside her home. You live in Derby. And you think, oh, it can't happen in Derby, Ginny Burton said. Is Derby in Kansas? Because yeah. I feel like that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. Is Derby a real town? Yeah. Because if it's, it's not, a hat. Then, then I understand that. Yeah. It's certainly a hat. Uh, Burton said when she pulled into her driveway, she noticed a bike parked on the side of her house, but thought it might belong to the neighbor's kids. The bike was the first sign something wasn't right. Once inside the home, Burton said she noticed her bedroom light was on. She sat her newborn down, walked into the bedroom, and saw the family safe laying on the bed. When I come out into the family room, I heard a noise in my bedroom, Burton said. That is all it took for her to scoop up her son and run out the door, and she called police. When Derby officers arrived, they arrested a teenager who was hiding in the bedroom closet. Sure. Good hiding spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Burton says, Second only to under the bed. <laughs> no word yet if he was masturbating. <laughs> Burton said police told her the teen was in her home looking for money. She says he got into the home through a window. Besides beefing up security, Burton says she will pay closer attention to her surroundings from now on. I can't believe bicycles. She's in Kansas. She didn't have a cache of weapons on her. I know it's a good point. Well, she could have talked to Brad. 
Brad Jones could have got. Could talk with Brad. <laughs> yeah. Notes are up. You mean Phoenix Crowbready? <laughs> Unfortunately, he got pinched. <laughs> Burton said, "Kids make mistakes, and I hope he learned from it and doesn't make the same mistake again." He will. Again. That's right. Yeah. You don't ride your bike to the scene that you're trying to rob. Don't. They certainly don't lean it on the front of the house. Yeah. <laughs> Next story. Kansas man wins Super Bowl tickets for life. Wow. A Kansas man is now the envy of every football fan in the country. One gold can of his favorite beer won Lyle Randa Super Bowl tickets for life. Over the holidays, Randa... Was it Stag? Was it Stag? Was it Stag? <laughs> They're not that smart in Kansas. Over the holidays, Randa ran out for a 30-pack of Bud Light. He noticed one of the cans was gold, meaning that he was eligible for Bud Light's Super Bowl tickets for life sweepstakes. As luck would have it, Randa was chosen from 3,000 entrants to win the grand prize. Wow. He's now headed to Houston for his first ever Super Bowl this weekend. Here's the, the, the real plum in all this is like, I personally wouldn't want to go to every Super Bowl. There'd be some I want to go to, but mm-hmm. you're going to sell you know Super Bowl tickets every year. StubHub, brother. Yeah, exactly. This guy's got a nice little cash cow. Well, how, how old? Did they say how old he was? Uh, it does not say. It says, that, it says that there's his, a 30-pack of Bud Light. But so no let's one. assume he's in his 40s, so he's probably got about, what, like five more Super Bowls? Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> in Kansas. I mean, the, the mortality <laughs> rate. Kansas healthcare. You know, boy. And we've heard about their water situation yeah, and you know, everything else. It's, it, it says know, by fairy dogs running around. It's probably kind of a shady deal, like... When the Anheuser-Busch company decided who was going to win this contest, they said, let's make some money in Kansas when then we won't have to buy tickets for like five more years. <laughs> That's right. By fortunate coincidence, last year, Randa was also the lucky winner of a separate sweepstakes. Last October, while visiting a nearby back alley to purchase his favorite variety of methamphetamines, he noticed something <laughs> strange in a Ziploc baggie. It was a golden rock, which entitled him to a free lifetime pass to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Congratulations to the lucky Kansas. God, this guy's Man, two for two. Go stand by him. You know, no Meteor is going to come down and hit him <laughs> soon or something. Yeah, big win for him. Kansas man with three dozen convictions goes back to prison. Hmm. Uh, Reno. Three dozen. <laughs> it just doesn't. Not Baker's doesn't. Yeah. I don't go very more. You know? uh, okay, that's fair. That's Reno fair. County, Kansas. A Kansas man was denied a departure in a drug case and sentenced to 34 months in prison for a charge of possession of marijuana after arrest this January. The attorney for 61-year-old William LaGrange 61. of Hutchison, Kansas, argued that because of his age and health issues, he should be granted community corrections. The state argued against it because of his past criminal history, which included 37 prior convictions dating back to 1974, as well as two pending drug cases still to go. He's 61. Just give it up at this point. He's a busy guy. He's <laughs> ambitious for a Kansan. A Reno County judge denied the request and ordered the sentence served. In one of the other two cases, he's charged with possession of methamphetamine with intent to sell, possession of drug paraphernalia with intent to distribute, possession of marijuana, and personal use drug paraphernalia. Yeah, so U.S. Attorney Tom Beal knows this man well. <laughs> During the search, the Reno County Drug Unit alleges they found 3.6 grams of methamphetamine as well as drug paraphernalia, including packaging materials and a small amount of marijuana. LaGrange claims additional hardship had befallen him because last fall, while selling methamphetamines, he invested in a significant amount of his savings for an advertising campaign which involved giving away a golden rock and lifetime tickets to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. <laughs> Case is pending trial. Yeah. You know, there you go. You know what I didn't That's realize? That's what we call a tie-in. I thought Reno 911 was, yeah. was the Vegas Reno. I bet it was this Reno. That's yep. right. Reno Could County, well Kansas. And our final story of the day... Five Kansas players interviewed as witnesses after alleged rape in basketball dorm. 
An investigation into the alleged rape of a 16-year-old girl at Kansas was addressed by Coach Bill Self. According to the Kansas City Star, University Police have been investigating the reported rape, which took place between December 17th and 18th at McCarthy Hall, which houses the men's basketball team. The police report obtained by the Star listed five players as witnesses. Police have not filed charges nor released information about the suspects, citing the ongoing investigation. The athletic department has been cooperating with the investigators and self said if there was an issue with any individual player, they would not be playing. There's an alleged incident that took place there and people were listed that are potential witnesses in some way. And that could be a plethora of ways. What a witness potentially could be self said Thursday at the big 12 coaches call. And that's all we know at this point, And certainly I'm not going to minimize it at all because it's such a serious potential allegation, but I'm also not going to draw something away that in no way, shape, or form has been told to me right now. It certainly is a distraction, without question, Self said. Sure, it's a distraction. How could it not be? But it's crucial that all of us keep the allegations in perspective and remain internally focused on denying everything, no matter what. And what's ultimately important, keep in mind, is Division One college basketball. <laughs> you think he's angling to go coach at Baylor? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that... He, he he tries to, you know, like, hey, it's really important and stuff like blah, blah, blah. It's like it's one of those situations where this turns out to be true, and if they anyway find out that he had any indication that his basketball players were in any way involved in this yeah. and he did nothing about it, he is going to be crucified, and rightly so. Look at Baylor. Yeah, exactly. It's a very Baylor-esque situation. If he finds out, if anybody finds out that he had an inkling that any of his players were involved in something like this and then makes this statement and everybody just keeps playing, then fuck him Art Bryles, bye-bye, Bill Self. 16 years old, too. Yeah, well, you're getting a 16-year-old girl into the Kansas yeah, are there bad not, news bears, Are there none, none of 20-year-old jersey-chasing whores on KU's campus that they need to drag in a 16-year-old? I mean, good God. Mm. Yeah, well, apparently not. You know, I can't imagine there are a bevy of whores on the campus of Kansas. They're students who would be... Love to gangbang the basketball team. Mm. You know, we'll just jump at that opportunity. <laughs> you know, ass over tea kettle right for it. I don't even know how to respond to this. <laughs> you know, well, locking her up from both sides of a pair of Chinese finger cuffs, Brian. I mean, ram jamming. You know what I'm talking about. Rock em, sock em. Suck that cock. Rock, chalk, jayhawk. You know what I'm talking about. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> Moving on. All right, fellas. Why don't we take our final break for the day? And we're going to come God. back and talk about... The big old basketball game that happened in Columbia, Missouri tonight. Mazel tov. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. Like a hand job with Icy Hot, the Mazat cast. Today's Mazadcast episode is brought to you by the Arkansas Board of Tourism, featuring majestic rolling, let's call them hills, and roads that get you to the next state over. Arkansas is surely a trip you'll forget. Arkansans have been coming to Missouri for years only to find disappointment. 
Now you can return the favor. Visit Arkansas today and squeal like a pig. All right. Thank you, Arkansas. Yeah, so uh, so we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about the basketball game tonight, something we've never talked about. I don't think we've never talked about a basketball game in the history of this program. We've a talked- single basketball game, no. We've talked about mm-hmm. the state of the basketball program, but a single game, no. And I think because of the outcome of it, we should have a certain quick episode of Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes! Sour Grapes! Sour Grapes! All right, what have we got? Well, to my disappointment, Brennan, that much like the uh, loss to Missouri in football, Arkansas's tweets tended to angle towards hatred for Mike Anderson more than they did Missouri. Self, Self- self-loathing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and we had a lot dealt with a lot of that when in the football season when Belima was uh, the target of most of the vitriol. But there are a few out there that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, let's go with Razorback Nation at Rays Nation. Safe to say. The worst losses under Belima and Anderson at Arkansas have come to Missouri in the last three plus months. This guy, you know, going to forget race. about Citadel mm-hmm. and uh, and going to go ahead and chalk it up to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. Adam Ford tweets: I'm in favor of firing the next Arkansas coach who loses to Missouri on the spot. Sour grapes. So uh, mm-hmm. he has now turned losing to Missouri into a fireball offense immediately. Well, I'm going to predict it right now. Brett Belima, that is going to be the next one. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Burris tweets, if you lose to Missouri, you have to drop down to the Conference USA. Sorry, Arkansas, I don't make the rules. Sour grapes. <laughs> so, Conference <laughs> USA. I mean, I, honestly, it's it's hard to be uh, shocked by any of these because we are really, really bad I at that. I, mean, like, I kind of want to agree with some yeah, of them. Like, I don't <laughs> that have defeats any, the I point really of don't have sour grapes. <laughs> the, uh, uh, vitriol for these. I would much rather have a wall built between Arkansas and Missouri than Texas and Mexico. And that's... Uh, at Mitchell Bridges. I, I think most Missouri people would advocate that as well. Gonna, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, this yeah, Arkansas person serve us well. And yeah, if sure. Arkansas is going to pay for it, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, they're going. Well, we're going to initially pay for it, but then we're going to tax all of Arkansas's yeah. goods that come in, and then methamphetamine. Then we, yeah, <laughs> then we will, we will, we, they will pay us back in taxes. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, what. Meth- the price of methamphetamine will go up in Missouri as a result, mm-hmm. so we'll end up paying for it one or the yeah, other. I don't know if, it, yeah. know if our rural Missourians can afford that. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still going to scale that wall for dental care. It, it's not going to happen down there. Yeah, your team won last year, but this year I wouldn't write checks your ass can't cash at Old Soul Beard. And this was in result of a tweet by a certain Missouri player that we'll mm-hmm. uh, get to later. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's basically... Telling us to go, yeah. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. You won't beat us in both sports next year. (laughs) Well, next year's not here yet, Mm -hmm. but this year is. Yeah, we have had bad years in basketball and football. Still beat you in both. This one is by John Ryder. He says, don't worry, we're sending Fayetteville high to the next Mizzou game, so we'll only win by 15. Now, this is a particularly... You know, boastful tweet like they're going to send a high school team to play us, so they only beat us by fifteen after they just lost to us. <laughs> That's right. After they just lost to us, so uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, um, I don't know if that's more insulting to the Arkansas basketball current basketball team or to Missouri. Now, this is your classic sour grapes tweet. We'll probably end on this one because there's just not that much out there. But at SEC Network at Mizzou Hoops TD Win two two three tweets. Yeah, well, when y'all pay the refs to call everything against Arkansas and carry Mizzou. Kind of got to expect a loss. Sour 
Great. So he's going to put it squarely on the, uh, the rest. Yep. Yeah. It was all the rest. That's a classic. That is sour Classic grape. sour grapes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what the sport is. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Yep. The people who are the most sour grapes go right for the officials. Yep. So that's chicken shit. 101. <laughs> it can be curling, and if you lose curling, yep. it's the official's fault. Sure. Uh, this just in, I just saw a tweet that said, members of the Antlers have a sign advocating a wall between Missouri and the Arkansas border. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So the Antlers are right on top of this. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yep, absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll follow that news and uh, mm-hmm. keep you updated. Never. Yeah, sure. All right, it's always good to hear sour grapes. So, guys, let's talk about the game, I guess. Missouri got up to, I think they had a 13-point lead at the half. I don't know. I wasn't watching until at one point Brendan made me sit down and watch Mm -hmm, the game. I did. I watched it start to finish. Uh, They had the big rally for Ryan thing at halftime. People were excited about that. And uh, they shot the lights out. I think they shot over 50% from the field in the first half, and they really just outplayed Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas Start to finish. Yeah. But Arkansas clawed back. I think they got it to within two points, maybe one point. A couple of times, but to my eternal surprise with this fucking <laughs> basketball team, we hung on, yeah. and we got points when we needed them, and we didn't have a lot of stupid turnovers. I honestly don't think you can discount the whole playing for Ry- Riley or Ryan or whatever the hell. And- it's Ryan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Incorrect. Yeah, the names, they get me. Um, Kids got cancer, but who cares? But not only that. You know what that brought to Mizzou Arena because there were more fans at this game than there had been in a long time. A few. It was eight thousand people. It was still half empty. Well, I know, but that's still double what it's been. I mean, I I think it couldn't have hurt that the players could actually hear fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? At this, at every game before this, they could literally hear singular statements made by fans, Mm -hmm. like just and not not like yelling them either. They could just hear people talking, like chatter. I'm getting up to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you want a beer? I'm going to get a beer. I wonder if that's more intimidating. I wonder yeah, if that's a that's true home field advantage, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. home court advantage. Sneaky. Sneaky yeah. of us. Be yeah. able to single someone out. Yeah, it's an interesting strategy to lose 13 straight to empty out the stands so that that's you can right. really rattle Arkansas. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> well, you know, we I, should it, keep it, Kim Anderson. Yeah, just because Kim Anderson is a crafty duck. You know <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's any. Um, downside to this and i don't think this is even plausible but people are already no. starting to fear the fact that no. this one win no. this singular win could in some no. way save kim anderson's job and i agree with you brian no 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 is the absolute right answer to that but i honestly <laughs> although although sorry Colin, but the espn guy asked him like right after like what does this win mean for you? As in, like, <laughs> you're about to get fired how's it feel to win a game <laughs> oh we're getting another call you're on the mazad cast Hey, Mizzou dude, what are you calling in about tonight? Mizzou just beat Arkansas, so that's always a good thing, I guess. Yeah? Well, you sound so, pretty damned excited about it. <laughs> or drunk, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, when you have six wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to forget about all that tonight, though. You just relish the win. 1-0. Yeah, we're 1-0 on, on the new season. You know, um, and we're, uh, we, we're, we have a much longer home winning streak than Kansas right now. Much longer. Yeah. yeah. About a thousand percent. Uh huh. By my math. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great day. Yeah, it is. I, the last couple of years have been so tough being a basketball fan. I mean, it's, I've really just been a whoever's playing Kansas fan. It's been awful. Yeah. I miss the old days. Yeah. Do you have any predictions oh. as to uh, who might be the no, new coach next year? Well, knowing the athletic department and not wanting to open their wallets, uh, it's probably going to be. Who's Northwest Missouri State got? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody good, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good prediction, good as any. 
Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely gonna open up that that, that paybook for that, huh? Yeah. yeah sure. Tell Bell. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else for us before we let you go? I just wanted to point out that we're paying uh, Demonte Cost six hundred thousand dollars a year to be our middle linebacker coach. Yeah. So, <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. So that's it. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Mizudi. It's true. That's he's a very highly paid middle linebackers coach. Yeah. That's you know, basically what he's who, doing. With, who, who's the dumb one there? Here, I mean, it's not Demonte Cross. <laughs> I know. You look down at Demonte Cross; he's just cashing checks. I'm impressed with his prediction for the next <laughs> basketball coach at Mizzou. Well, if it wasn't so sad, yeah, it wasn't so might be true. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary, really. On the phone with us now is Larry in Missouri from uh, Paul Feinbaum fame. Thanks for joining us again, Larry. Hey guys, how y'all been along that? We're doing pretty good, pretty good. We uh, we uh, got a rare basketball win over those uh, bastards in Arkansas, so we're pretty happy tonight. Yeah, I tell you what, that is great, great. Let me tell you this much. i got to give uh, full credit to Mizzou now, mainly for the rally for Ryan. I did want to mention, uh, put her out there, I mean, uh, bless her little heart. And I hope everybody at Mizzou and uh, all parts of the United States, Kansas included, which is a shithole, but we'll include <laughs> them. I hope they can support her cause. It's a very important cause. Well, so, I certainly know it's pretty close to your heart. Yeah, that, no doubt about it. Definitely want to mention her. And uh, I did want to say, hey, it, that is a great win for Mizzou. I don't know if it's a good thing. It might just show that Arkansas just needs to quit playing basketball forever. All sports. They're playing all sports. But they got to shut her down. I mean, if they can't beat Missouri, there's something going on there. And I will say this. I mean, Quinn Snyder looks like breaking John Wood compared to <laughs> what we got up there now. I mean, I'm, I miss the days of Ricky Clemens getting a shoebox full of $100 bills. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least we could be competitive. I mean, I got married on my anniversary days when Oklahoma and Missouri played to go to the Final Four. Of course, Oklahoma beat them, which I'll never forget. But, I mean, the point is this. Mizzou has been some had some fantastic basketball teams. I love old Storm and Norman. Now, he didn't ever get to the Final Four, but this old son of a bitch could really get down and coach it up, play some D, and they could do the thing. Now, even old Quinn, as goofy as he was, was pretty fair, but this, uh, I mean, we got to cut Kim loose. I don't know who's in charge up there. I don't even think anybody's in charge up there. <laughs> well, I think that'll lead me to my last point. Yeah. In the famous last words of Mizzou protesters everywhere, I got to go. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll let you do it, Larry. Wow, great, great call from Larry. And and you know, in Quinn Snyder's defense, he was high on cocaine almost that entire time. So you know, that's yeah, you know, cocaine and hookers. That yeah, was his key to success. Yeah, and I mean, hair gel, I think. Yeah, too, yeah. Like you know, that's you know, in in his defense. All right. So where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Missouri won eighty three seventy eight over Arkansas, and uh, Arkansas is a bubble team. They were seventeen and five going into this game, and they did not need to lose to a team like Missouri. No, they sure didn't. If they're on the bubble for like an NCAA bid, well, I believe it'll go down as what is called a bad loss. <laughs> yeah. the The funny thing is, is like between well, since we've joined the SEC, they want this Arkansas Missouri thing to be a rivalry, and it is the it cards are falling becoming, into yeah, place. Yeah. I mean, it's. And Arkansas, Arkansas would hate to hear that, pissed. but they really hate us, and mm-hmm. uh, they get pissed that they lose to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really dislike it. And, uh, they to, want to dismiss this game that's as exactly, nothing. They want exactly. to say, oh, "What do we fucking care about Missouri?" But of course, you can't beat us. Yeah. You're going to have to start paying attention at some point, asshole. So this might be a decent time to mention the tweet, mm-hmm. the tweet of all tweets. It is the time to mention it. Let's go to Brian and his tweet of the week. 
Yeah, so we have three potential options for Tweet of the Week. First comes from Josh Guildwell, at Josh Guildwell. Thanks, Bazodcast, for the heartfelt note and stickers. You are a beacon of light in a dismal year of Mizzou athletics. Mm -hmm. We sent him uh, stickers, as we'll send to any of you who's email us or tweet us your uh, address. You can send us a direct message at Mazodcast on Twitter or send it to Mazodcast at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to send those out so, to you. And we endorse you putting those on your cars. Um, we also endorse you putting them on Kansas fans' cars, mm-hmm. yep. especially. Yep. Uh, the next potential tweet of the week is from Josh Bramlett. It says, Mizzou doesn't always win in sports, but when they do, it's against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. So very, very true. <laughs> it's unfortunately true this now, year. Those are both good tweets, Brian, but uh, is there any other candidates that we might want to know about? There Ooh. is one, tell. one tweet left, and I got to set this one up just a little bit. So Andrew Hutchinson tweeted, there you go, Arkansas could hand Mizzou its school record 14th straight loss. That was yesterday. That was uh, a couple days ago. And one Eric Beisel. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name rings a bell. He yeah. plays for the Mizzou football team, Brendan, if you're not aware. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, uh, last a... year, he uh, got in a little trouble when he told Arkansas football team, uh, he didn't know if they are going to show up. Yeah, Maybe thought it would be scared. a bad idea to show yeah, up to play, we... the, to play Missouri. And we proceeded to beat them. And yeah. called them Arkansas, which we all enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, what did he say to them? Well, he said, that's if they decide to show up. I would advise against this. Once again. (laughs) (laughs) And now that was a bold fucking tweet. It was, considering Mizzou basketball. Yeah. 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 That is true. I mean, man, the stones on this guy. Yeah, Eric Beisel is my new favorite player. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how he walks up right with the fucking stones. (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. like bowling balls. As soon as he graduates, we will be extending Eric Beisel an invitation to join the Mazodcast crew. (laughs) Fucking regular. Yep, yep. (laughs) Eric is going to take chair number four. Yeah, we might, you know, get rid of a tr- producer Joel. Yeah, <laughs> and Sorry, Joel, uh, and if you're uh, out there, Eric, you've got an open invitation, so feel free to give us a ring. Yeah, absolutely. That is ballsy, and then, of course, the great part is is that Arkansas fans immediately go at him about yeah, because yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then his proclamation comes true. <laughs> um, I feel like Eric Bice should start predicting wins for all games in every sport for Mizzou because at this point he's two for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. He's batting a, he's batting a thousand right now. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. Might you know be my what? favorite part of the win. You know, probably Coach Odom would prefer he not do this. But I like this. I like the attitude. I like the 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 balls. You know, like I said, sometimes you need a little of that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to pussyfoot so much. You know, yeah, especially at the college level. Yeah, you know, attitude, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of as Jesse Palmer would say, swagger. <laughs> and that's what Eric Beisel brings. He brings <laughs> swagger. He swaggers with those huge balls. Yeah. The best part is, if you're on Twitter, go find that tweet and just scroll down. Yeah. Because there are just so many good tweets back. <laughs> and and also, the funny part is, is the Arkansas fans that were kind of like, Haha, wait, we can't lose, right? Like, <laughs> right, there's one that says, don't tell me you think this basketball team is better than Arkansas. Although we were better in football and, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say that's a bold statement considering you thought you were better in football and you yeah. just lost. I mean... These these proclamations that you're better and Arkansas loves to make this since we've been in the SEC. But if you look at the all time record, at least in football, then Mizzou is <laughs> kind of. Well, we learned tonight that Mike Anderson still knows how to lose in Mizzou Arena. Yep, he yep. sure does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, fellas, I think that's really all we got to talk about. It was a action packed episode for the middle of February. Yeah, early it was. February. Sure, I don't want to talk about the fucking Super Bowl, which is tomorrow. Yeah. No, I don't either. I would like to mention that Kim Anderson. 
I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's like hugging the bench players at this win. It it smacks of Kansas pulling down the goalposts. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. don't act like you haven't yeah. ever done this before, even though you've rarely done it. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> they, they haven't done it before, Colin. Yeah. It's no act. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, you know, they're, they're moments away from dumping Gatorade on the guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, geez, <laughs> this is not a good look. Well, I mean, this is going away party, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I was a little choked up watching that scene because I it's wasn't. like, wow, here's a guy hugging another guy, both of which... Well, that is not... something you like to watch, Brian. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> but both of which will not be around next season. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, I, I think the next thing that's uh, we'll coming... Just call the Mizzou season from here on out, the Kim Anderson farewell tour. That's basically <laughs> what it will be, yeah. Uh, the next thing we've got coming up is the spring game. That's scheduled for April fifteenth, and we're going to get our first look at some of the uh, some of the guys coming back and uh, see how the how rusty we look. We always look fucking awful, in my opinion, during the spring game, and it tells us a whole lot of nothing. But it'll be a fun time to go out to Furrow Field. Hopefully, if the weather's good, and uh, you know, pregame and get uh, stone I'm cold sad. drunk. Yeah, I'm sad. This means we're not going to have a p- podcast probably for. An entire month and a yeah, half or so. There's no saying that we won't come back here and there, but there won't be much to fucking talk about. Well, maybe we'll get lucky and Kim Anderson will get fired. And that'll give us <laughs> well, a show. Well, there you go. There we'll you go. A show to talk about. Yeah, something. so see this. And during March Sadness for Missouri, we could uh, very easily talk about the uh, the nearly departed Kim Anderson. I tell you what, it is it is sad when I think about how, how awesome is March Madness. It's so fun. It's the best. <laughs> and we have not got to enjoy it remember when forever. We were <laughs> yeah. Remember when we used to go to that kind of a lot? You know? I remember. There was, a, there was a tournament, right, I think, if I remember yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is we don't even get to go to like the NIT as some sort of like you suck, second, we suck, let's use suck second tier. Yeah. It's like, oh, we, we want to go to Ruth Chris to have a steak, but we're going to have to go eat it at Denny's. <laughs> well, we don't even get to eat Denny's now. We're just eating out of the garbage. <laughs> Hot. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Yeah. As always, before we wrap up, we want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at Mazodcast. Give us a review on iTunes. We've been stuck for a while on uh, our iTunes reviews at 19, which is far and away above anybody else who covers Missouri sports, but we want to blow them out of the water. So uh, give us that five-star review on iTunes. Yeah, it sounds good. Tell your friends. It sounds like a good number until you see how many downloads we're getting, how many people aren't leaving <laughs> That's right. comments. That's right. Bastards. <laughs> That's right. We know you're listening, <laughs> Yeah, <you> lazy pricks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, do that. And, and tell a friend, too. We want to expand. We've tried you know, through social media and all these other outlets to try to get the word out, but really you telling people you know about us is the best way to uh, really expand our base. So... Anyway, to, to do that, uh, we, we depend on you. So until God knows when, I guess, you know, all I have to say is M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Rock'em, sock'em, suck that cock. Rock, shock, Jayhawk. You know what I'm talking about.